Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Gina Trimmer is a wife, a mother, out of southern Utah. That's a non-hunter. And uh, we always like to have these kinds of conversations with non-hunters, understand their perspectives, understand their perceptions and really just get an honest opinion from them about what they think about hunting. That's it. So enjoy this great, short, sharp conversation with Gina Trimmer. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name my is... Name. <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a... A feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. It's the beauty of podcasting. I'll tell you what, I don't know if you've, um, you've heard about it yet, but Adobe has a beta version called Podcast. And it is unbelievable. Like what? Like a platform? It's a product, just like Photoshop okay. or Premiere Pro. It's called Podcast. Uh-huh. And it enhances audio. So we took audio from a floor interview, like on a convention floor, lots of background noise, yeah. and ran it, in it into it. Huh. It's almost like the person's in a soundproof room. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. It is. We've used it on two podcasts this week, and it 
it's a beta version right now, so there's like a bunch of hurdles. You can only load up an hour long of an interview. It's just, but it smooths it out. It oh, I mean, is pass that along. Unbelievable. I can't believe what I can't believe is that Ryan's still using Zoom. Like, I think he's going to switch to Riverside. He told me Riverside. He's going to he try. He has it. to, because that's that's what I use too. And our producer's the one that's like, come on. And so he sent us. This is what I did use before. Was this? But then okay. He so sent why us- did you choose Riverside? Because I'm not a big like I'm I'm like about to teeter off of Squadcast. Squadcast was more expensive. Riverside is cheaper. And for me, that was big. Ryan wouldn't care, but for me, that was big. And then um, there was something about it. Do you have to do you have to merge your video files on uh on Riverside or do they come up as you speak? Like you mean if I have my guest and we're side by side? Yeah, and does it come in as a side it by comes side in video as a, or is it I think you get both. You get individual and you get the merged. Oh, okay. So and and you need higher internet, so I did have to upgrade the internet in here because it records behind. Like it, it keeps everything recording behind smoothly, even though the front might be bad. Uh-huh. But I'm I'm so glad you told me about Adobe because I'm gonna use that because the sound on that last one was probably not great. It is, yeah. It, it as I said, it's it's a beta version right now, so there's got like you know. You can only load up an hour at a time or once a day kind of scenario, but it works so beautifully. Oh, cool. I'm going to pass that on. All right. Enough of well, this podcast you, nonsense. Yeah, this is boring, boring. No, just kidding. Um, if you want to know more about Riverside and why, because uh, actually um, Chad had me on this one, Squadcast, and then he switched me over to Riverside. And I, know, I just know he showed me a video. Is the quality the same? No, it's better. He showed me a video of... I mean, Zoom especially, and then Riverside, and it was like, this was the 1950s, and this was so great. But mm-hmm. I just did it because it was cheaper, and it was basically really similar, honestly. It was super mm-hmm. similar. It was easy to use, but it was cheaper, and so I was like, okay, yay. Yeah. Well, Gina Trimmer, welcome to the Blood Origins podcast. Thank you. Uh, where are you coming to us from? St. George, Utah. St. George, Utah. Do you have a ton of snow outside right now? No, so we are actually more like Las Vegas. So St. George is oh. the desert, more like Las Vegas. However, we have had a weird amount of snow. Our cabin is in Apple Valley, which is only 30 minutes from here, like on the way to, say, if you were going to Zion National Park or Lake Powell, right? It's it's basically on the border of Arizona. Got a ton of snow. Like we've been trying to go up the last two weekends in a row and cannot get up to our cabin because it sits like on top of a mountain. And we can't get the Jeep or the truck up it. So we have to basically, my boys walk up the mountain, get the side by side, come back down and get me and the baby. But it should be melted by now. But I'm pretty sure anybody would say it's records how much snow we just got. Unbelievable. That was cool. Is St. George, Utah, anywhere close to Tropic, Utah? I, I have heard of Tropic. Okay, I'll but take that not, as a no. Yeah, but not <laughs> in the way that I should probably know if it were near me. It's all good. That's the only, you know, I know Salt Lake City and I know Tropic Utah. It's about I'm it. From, yeah, so I'm from Salt Lake City. So I'm from northern Utah, a suburb of Salt Lake. So that's where I was raised. So grew up in an urban environment? Yes. Yep. Even though it was, I mean, I'm from a farm, but I moved from it when I was like four. 
So I would go back enough. Like I remember being young and walking on the train tracks back to my grandma and grandpa's house because their all their farm was around us, right? And so I would walk the train tracks as three years old, just back and forth to grandma's house, pick asparagus from the from the swampy spot next to the mm. river train tracks, you know. So that, and then we moved to Kaysville, which is a it's a small town, but it's a suburb of bigger cities, right? But it was not the farm. And then out of high school, came straight down to St. George, to sunny St. George, and I haven't left. Obviously did not, did you grow up in a hunting family? Is that, no? No, huh? and, and not per se, like not not. My grandpa would hunt. My dad had gone hunting in his youth or earlier days, right? So it wasn't like foreign to me, but not. It wasn't a thing. My dad was a nine to five banker, so it was not a thing. And then, so my boyfriend, my first boyfriend, who was a hunter, actually, this is what I wanted to actually talk about more, was because the culture for him and his family was it was a no girls allowed. Really? Zero. Yes. It was, this is the men. This is when the men go. And actually, there is a kind of culture about that down here. It's kind of a joke, almost like a hashtaggy kind of a joke, like, you're a hunt widow. Oh. So the women down here in southern Utah, like, it used to be right around fall break. It still, it still is, really, but they would essentially, from what I hear, rumor has it, they would plan fall break around the fall hunt. So they would get out of school for that specifically, right? So that became kind of, that's kind of what I knew because I still had that boyfriend coming down into college. That's kind of what I knew was hunt widows. That was the culture. So to be married to my husband I have now is completely different. You're saying different. like you married to another husband before. I did marry that boyfriend. Yes, oh, uh, I did okay, marry that okay, one. Sorry, so, I was... No, no, no. It's fine. We were only married for a year. It, here in Utah, we get married when we're like 19 and we think that's what you do <laughs> before you're even a human being, basically. I want to be a wife. <laughs> So in 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 that previous boyfriend, that was your first. Would you say that was your first like experience in the hunting world? Yep, absolutely. Did you grow up in the sort of the girl clique? You know, did you guys have any opinions or perspectives? No, not I really. Think, not really. I think it was a very. It's a very conservative. I don't know that that matters actually even, but if someone hunted, it was just like, cool. Like it wasn't anything that was shocking, right? So as far as- It wasn't a pervasive like, oh, we all need to be vegetarians and vegans. No. And so no. all hunters are bad type no. society. No, which I guess I am very lucky because Utah is majority. We all are very like-minded, right? You know, of course, obviously there's difference here and there, whatever. We got a lot of California influence coming in. To St. George now, so it's starting to be different. But I do have a story. It's not my story, but I remember Rick, my husband, Rick, saying that he had a date. And you've seen the video from my retreat of us in that hunting room at my in-laws' house. Mm -hmm. And he had a date from college come meet him at his parents' cabin there. And she walked in, and she was just like, 
You know, it was that exactly that vibe where you're just like, so she was so offended. And, Mm -hmm. and, and she says, you hunt. And he says, yeah. And she's like, I don't eat meat. And he's like, well, see you later. (laughs) That's the way back to town. Right. He's like, this is not going to work. (laughs) So I think that is probably the only story that I have that's like that, similar to that. Why do you think, as a non-hunter, you are a non-hunter today, why do you think hunting has such a PR problem? Like, why do you think there's a perception problem like that girl that walked into your husband's room? Well, I don't necessarily know that I have an opinion about why the PR is bad on it, per se, other than... I think it's silly because where do they think they're getting their meat from? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if I go to a store and buy meat, how is that any different than, and and I can understand if someone is saying, okay, I just don't eat meat. Okay. Then you're not buying your meat from the store anyway. Fine. We'll just not even go there. But for the people like that say, how can you do that? It's, 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 I think the PR behind it is ignorance. You know, I don't know if it's they just want to be on a bandwagon of the right side of an argument. Mm-hmm. You know, do they really know where they stand or not? You, we hear all the time of these people who before, previously, thought hunting was bad and there was negative to it and, and all this stuff. And now they are hunters and they love it and they see the beauty in it and they see the beauty in being able to sustain yourself and get your own food and, you know, the beauty of being outdoors. And for me, the biggest part of it, especially being someone who doesn't hunt myself, is the community of it and the community around it. And I heard you say on your episode with Andrea, you had said that you were here in Salt Lake. Did you run into Ryan and his boys up there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I heard you mention to her that there was a lot of young men Right? Yeah, it was amazing. Salt Lake City, the Western Hunt Expo, the age demographic was 35 to 45, you know, our, yeah. age, our age group. And then there were gaggles of 14-year-old, 15-year-old, flat-billed, you know, kind of guys, kids running around together. I was like, this is, this is amazing. Yeah, Brecken with his mullet. Yeah, yeah. My 11-year-old just went on his very first hunt, his very first really? pig hunt in Texas. Is he yeah. going or he, he just he did went. it? Yeah, they went. They went, and unfortunately, this is a sad story, horrible story, but Spirit Airlines did not send their guns. They checked them. They got their little tag that got inspected and put inside their guns, and they said, okay, they will be there waiting for you, right? And my husband and his dad, my father-in-law and my 11-year-old, got to San Antonio. They were going to meet high-caliber hunting, and their guns never came. Guns Mm. never came, guns never came, guns never came. And so this hunt that was supposed to be this very memorable— Did Spirit say we've lost them, or they just— They At first, they said they'd lost them, so— and then, of course, that we can't deliver them because they're firearms. And so, of course, and they're three and a half hours from a airport, right? So, luckily, Colin did that his best. That makes sense, though, delivering them, right? Delivering, I, I can, yes. 
Yeah. Yes, you can. But so Colin did his best and they actually got to shoot with, um, oh my gosh, I'm so dumb. Not, not a bow, but a crossbow. Crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> The the gesticulations Welcome to of the this expert on blood origin, <laughs> the thingy, the thingy, yeah, the thingy that has a trigger Yank. and the thing that's curved in the front. Yeah, crossbow. So really, Got it. it was it was a fun experience because they'd never done that before. They have their bows, they have their guns. They'd never they've never never hunted. My father in law got one with with that, but unfortunately, so they got back to Las Vegas. Their guns had never left Las Vegas. They said that yeah. they weren't locked correctly, even though they had gone through the check oh, and man. the TSA approved and everything. So it was a big mess. But unfortunately, but fortunately, they still got to go and it was fun. And yeah, you eat a lot of venison in the house. Yes, absolutely. That is my next point for when I came from this side of hunting where it was just a boys club, right? The yep, women weren't yep. allowed to go. So then I start to realize, well, wait a minute, these hunt widows. And for me coming from revitalized womanhood, where I'm telling all of these women to encourage our men to go on boys trips, right? Encourage our men to do things. We want to build them up, let them have their own things. And women, we want to have our own things. Great. I get that. However, when hunting becomes something where it is a passion, you're gone a lot. That's a lot of boys trips, right? (laughs) So let me give you a little advice, gentlemen. Involve your wife. Yes. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Rick is going with Ryan next week and they go to Texas and they're going to this. um, Yeah. Outdoor solutions. Outdoor solutions. Field to table. I actually just got a text from Ryan. Are you going? 15 minutes ago saying, hey, we've got an extra spot. Why don't you come? I'm not going. Oh, Because. I'm going to Salt Lake City for two days, um, and then in between Salt Lake City and me leaving for Spain, which would be Monday, you talk about hunting trips, this is all business travel for Blood Origins, my wife would kill me if I said, oh, I'm going pig hunting in Texas. Well, then next time you say, honey, Rick's wife, Gina, that's awesome, is coming too. And it's now... Are you going? No, but I'm saying... Oh. If we did plan it that way, because no, of course, I don't necessarily want to go out. I don't care. I wouldn't mind it. I go out hunting. I do. I go out with them. I like hiking. I love to see... I love, love the outdoors of it. I love the fitness of it. I have, I have joked and made posts about boldly going where nothing from Nordstrom has ever gone before. And it is there. <laughs> but... Just because I'm not shooting the gun doesn't mean that I don't love and appreciate it. But I'm saying, men, if you want your women to, you know, support this a little bit better, get them involved, right? I go our Penguin elk hunt. I go every year. It's a whole thing. We go with the family. Our Moab bear hunt, I go every year. We go with our kids. We have pictures of all of the little kids sitting under the tree underneath a bear eating peanut butter sandwiches, right? It's yeah. It's a family experience. It's not a boys-only club. Gina, you're not a hunter, but you, you go on hunts. Do, do you experience... I don't know how to couch this. Do you experience anything different when you say on that Moab, Moab bear hunt or your elk hunt versus when you and your family, because I know you guys like to go hiking? 
as you as a non-hunter, is it different? Is no. there a difference between hiking? I... <laughs> well, no, that's exactly what I expected <laughs> wait, you to say. Uh, wait, what? It's exactly no. what I expected you to say. It's not because guess what we're doing when we're hiking? Seeing animals. We're seeing nature. Yeah, but we're you're not. We're living in it. You're not. You're not. In the difference between hiking and hunting is hunting there's a purpose for you to take an animal, to kill an animal. That is the reason why you're going. Mm-hmm. And instead of you observing nature, I'm walking, oh, there's a flower. Oh, look, there's a bear. Oh, look, there's an elk. You're like, oh, there's a bear. Oh, 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 there's a bear, there's a bear, there's a bear. And there's a difference between seeing a bear on, an, on a hike and seeing a bear that I'm going to take and put food on the table. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that you said no is the point. Because I guarantee you, even though you may not do this ever in your life, if you decided, I'm going to hold the weapon, I'm going to go up, I'm going to be the, pu- the trigger puller this time. Remember this conversation. Okay. Because I can guarantee you it will be, like everything about it will be different. Your senses will be different, like the smell, you'll think about wind. Like when you're hiking, you don't think about wind. It's like, oh, okay. You're hunting, you're like, oh, that wind is wrong. Like, I need to move. Or that wind is right. Yeah, I can get that because we go fishing. You know, we go in Alaska, we have our boat in Alaska, and we go fishing. And I can appreciate that when I'm sitting there and maybe not trying to catch halibut you know because sometimes i'll just sit there and be like eh, i'm over i'm over it you know i'm not gonna reel i'm gonna just enjoy right or the whales are out i'm gonna enjoy that's obviously different than when i'm actively like trying to feel the pull Uh feel the bounce feel the everything it's it's different you're more intense you're more in tune with what you're doing in your present right you're in the present Uh moment more Uh i I can Uh get that i can get it i you know I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it is honestly... Would there be a fiber about you that wants to do it? Yeah. No, it's not one of those things where I'm like, I will never do that. Honestly, I actually just interviewed, not just a little bit ago, do you, do you know Amy Robbins? She <laughs> is an advocate in Texas. She's gorgeous. She's like a TV personality. I think she was a host for the, um, is it NRA TV or something? Or Makes sense. Anyway, but she, so she has a... a athletic line now that physically you can put while you're out running a marathon you could have a concealed carry in your leggings like it won't why would you want that so for women marathon well so when women are out training oh lots of them are being abducted and murdered you know type things yes yes so anyway she's got so but if you i'm see, i'm saying if you're actively like running it's not bouncing around in your pants right or pulling your pants down so anyway she I had that interview with her and I said, my husband leaves and he'll go and he'll be like, here's the gun. Here's how you use it. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have like more chance with that stiletto right there, but see you later. Right. And, but that's not a good place to be. That's not a powerful place to be. So with being the leader of this women's community, it has given me more of a, I need to be more intentional about using that weapon. I need to train with it. I need to become comfortable with it. 
so that I can protect my family and use it for what it's meant to be used for. Just like with that video you made with Trish. And mm-hmm. it blew my mind because she's one of my best friends. And I, you, meet, you know people, but you don't necessarily know things. And when mm-hmm. she said, I can kill an animal, tear it down, break it down, and cook it up for my family and we could survive. Like if she had to walk out into the wilderness with her kids for whatever mm. reason, she's I'm going to be knocking on her door saying, um, I'll go collect some berries <laughs> because she knows how to do that, right? And so it becomes, a, at, at that point, it becomes, I need to be able to do that for my family too. Yeah. So, so it's not well, a no for me. It's just yeah. a haven't done it yet. Well, when you get ready, there are a lot of female-specific hunting camp. Dare I say, hunting camps? Yeah. That cater to you know the whole process, just like this field-to-table thing that your husband's going on and Ryan's on. Same thing, but all women. Texas, there's one in California that's uh, very bow-driven. Um, but yeah, it's um. It, it certainly adds to the toolbox, as oh, you yeah. just described. Absolutely. And we have, we have, like, I probably would not want my husband being the one teaching me. And just because, maybe, actually, that's not true. I would be fine with it if he just made the perfect point. He went with his, his dad, who is very patient and loves taking his grandkids on their hunts. And, you know, he loves taking his daughters on their hunts because he's now older and past the point of, you know, now it, the enjoyment he gets is seeing this come to fruition for them, right? And so that's with my 11-year-old. My husband says, I'm going to let him go with Kendall. I'm going to let him go with him because I think it'll be a much better experience versus me trying to get my own pig and getting mad at him or telling him to be quiet or whatever, you know? Mm. So in that regard, yeah, I definitely have people like we have our, our cousins are Rob hunting here and they are guides and they are, and I see them take women to get their bears, right? They, they will have, uh, their professional guides. And so we actually get to go be spectators on those mm-hmm. hunts sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I see them with, with women like that. And absolutely. I would love when it when it happens, I have an arsenal of people that would be oh, amazing sure to take me. Yeah, I'm sure you do. And women are, you know, a lot of people say they're natural born killers <laughs> because in the moment, like guys get all like, oh my God, oh my God, there's the deer, you know, huffing and puffing and heart rate going through the roof and everything's shaking. And women are just like, oh, there it is, calm, you know, cool, calm and collected and do what you need to do. And all the guides say, women listen. And the guys don't. Yeah. <laughs> women listen. They don't want to get yelled at. Oh, that's, you know, it kind of makes you wonder if it has something to do with birth, you know, life and death. Very, very similar things. And yeah, women maybe. bring life in, you know, and we're, we're built for that kind of stress you know yeah it's it's a lot of people say the same thing which is just uncanny um but no and women are the fastest growing demographic in hunting in the hunting community right now that's awesome so yeah maine over covid 
had a 5% increase in total license sales from Woman Hunter specifically. It was more growth in one year than the five years combined previous. That's cool. And they haven't dropped off. I think they've dropped a percent and a half or something from that. So they're still active. Man, I could go very conspiracy theorist with that. Don't. It makes it's, you there's wonder nothing conspiracy if, theory about it. Well, it makes you wonder if people kind of went, huh, the government's going to tell me I have to stay home. They're going to tell me I can't go to the grocery store. They're going to tell me I can't do these things. I better start figuring out for myself. Mm, I didn't see and, that. And so it's interesting that it was just Maine. I, I would have expected it to be Texas, Utah, you know, places. Everyone bumped. Everyone bumped. Well, but okay, there you go. Like Everyone Maine, bumped. But not like Maine. And here's another why. Is Maine is led. There's only three commissioners of wildlife in the entire U.S. And the commissioner is the person who's in charge of the Wildlife Fisheries Agency of the state. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's appointed by the governor. Utah DNR is led by someone. They may not be called the commissioner in Utah. Mm-hmm. There's only three female commissioners in the entire U.S. The best one is in Maine. Boom. And her name is Judy Camuso. That's awesome. And uh, she was in that post where I, when we, on International Women's Day, if you go back and you look on International Women's Day, it's her, that's her picture, the first picture of that reel, that, that slideshow, whatever. Awesome. I love that. Yeah, Judy's amazing. Good for her. I already like, boom, I'm stealing her. Good. She would be a pretty cool person to have on your podcast. I'm, I'm doing it. I've got doing a bunch it. of good people for you if you want. Judy is a way. lady called Christy Holmes, Erin uh, Merrill. They're all Maine women that hunt like crazy. That's so cool. So we came up to Maine. We actually went up there um, before we brought, bought this property here in, in Apple Valley, and we went to Maine, and unfortunately, we made the rookie mistake of going in the middle of a blizzard. Oh, man. <laughs> and I was like, and I'm out. <laughs> exactly. Like, when it snows, they've had some some big snow this year. Yeah. Jeez. Like, my, my South African butt will not be found anywhere near it. No, they came with us. The Micklers came with us to Costa Rica for 10 days, and they left us, and we stayed for another couple weeks, and they went home to a mountain of snow in their driveway <laughs> that they had to like rally over to get into their driveway. <laughs> and I thought, hi, the beach is glorious. See yeah, you later. Exactly. exactly. So if someone was, let me ask, let me, let me pose this as almost like a, a closing component. If someone is listening to you, you're a non-hunter, you completely accept hunting, you see the benefit of it. Someone's listening to this saying, I don't see the benefit of hunting. What would you say is a non-hunter to that person? Do you see the benefit in eating well? Do you, are you a foodie? Do you see the benefit in my freezer right now? I have access deer. Have you tried that meat to this person? I mean, you know, usually the people that were combating against this are this type of person, right? They're, okay, do you see the beauty in the fact that I have 
elk in my freezer. I have whitetail. I have pheasant. I have tuna. I have halibut. I have, right? I have all of this very hard to get meat. And you can get these meats on fancy, fancy restaurant menus, right? It's like elk. Oh, bison. Oh, venison. Whoa. Well, guess what? I have all of that in my freezer at home. And do you see the benefit in that? Second, do you see the benefit in networking? Do you see the benefit in expanding your circle? So a huge thing for for me, and we've we've always hunted, but a big thing for us recently was, what was it, two years ago, a year ago, Rick was invited randomly to go on that Hawaii hunt, that first Hawaii hunt with, mm-hmm. with Ryan. Rick's not part of order of man. He's not in the Iron Council. I mean, he is now, but he hasn't been. He's just friends with Ryan. I, you know, whatever. He invited him to that hunt. He met some amazing men, right? Just like you know you do. You meet amazing men. So from that, I'm not saying you're going to necessarily expecting things of people, but you meet people. You expand your, your horizons. Like we are travelers. We've traveled all over the world. We have friends in all these different countries that that make us want to go back to them but we love that we love the networking we love growing our community and and meeting people that are like-minded that are on different sides of the world from us right (laughs) so what that did that hawaii hunt for him introduced him to these men okay from that he we went to California and hung out with Sean and Jamie Villalobos. And then we went down and hung out with Scott and his wife. And then we went over here and hung out with this person. Then we went up to Maine and hung out with the Micklers. And he met Matt, who owns Sunset Lodge, a, a beautiful uh, hunting ranch in Minnesota, right? He, mm-hmm. and, and we invited them to Alaska to come fish. And you know what I mean? Do you see what's happening? And from him meeting all of these men and seeing how community has affected these men for the better. and and just because hunting happens to be something that is something they all have in common, they realized all these other things they have in common, like weightlifting or fitness or finance or whatever, whatever. And then that opened it up to Rick being so open-minded to me starting this women's community. He was like, wow, I see what's happening. Ryan's doing amazing things over here. I... I would like you to do this. Ryan and I talked about this. I would like you to do this. Would you like to do this? And now it's opened th- those doors for me, right? right? Right. It's just a ripple effect. So if you just think about it as hunting, that's very short-sighted because there's so much more to it than that. Yeah, you and see it for just me, as killing an animal. Yes. For me, I don't kill the animal, so I'm able to see it as all of these other amazing, beautiful things. Mm. Yeah, well said. And that's the perspective that a non-hunter brings, right? You, you really yeah. don't have a, a chit in the game. Yeah. You know, it's self-serving when you talk about hunting the way that you described it. Uh, Gina, thank you. I, I knew I wanted to just have a quick, short, sharp conversation with you. Um, appreciate it. And um, yeah. Thank you. I, I, Appreciate it. It's fine. It's so nice to finally like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, Rather exactly. than just Instagram. <laughs> well, again, we'll have to do it again one day when you become a hunter, okay? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I'll invite you. You can come to my, you can come to my first hunt. 
We'll do it. We'll, we'll be make there. a ceremony of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no ceremonies. We'll just get you explaining why you decided to become a hunter, just like Trish. All right. Beautiful. I'm there. Well, that's it for today. Appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.